Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, they, and I am on the unceded land of the Malala, Tualatin, Bands of Chinook, Kalapuya, Clackamas, Kathlamet, Wasco, Kalitz, Multnomah, and many other tribes who made their homes where I also have made my home. And as it is my birthday month, I have been thinking a lot about the things that I'm passionate about. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is missing and indigenous women and trying to bring awareness and raise money around that. And so one of the ways I thought that I could do that is to offer an archery workshop for anybody who wanted to come out and do the mindful archery that I teach. If you're in the area or you're in the surrounding Portland, Washington area and you want to come out and do this workshop that I do, all the proceeds will go to Missing and Indigenous Women. And I'm going to call it the Land Back Month. September is Land Back for me. It's giving a little bit of what I've been given back in ways that I find meaningful and powerful and ways that should be being addressed and that I wish were not even issues. And I'm sure what I wish is very low on the list of what people living through it are wishing. So I'll put all the information to that in the show notes, but land back archery for missing and indigenous women to raise money and awareness. The dates and more info will also be in the show notes, but the date that I'm looking at is September 18th. It'll be up at Washington Park Archery Range. And if you aren't in the area, you can still donate. And I'll have a link connected to my website or at least a link connected to um, my Instagram. So if you want to donate, all the money will go to Missing and Indigenous Women. So you're, I won't get paid, but if you, if you can't go to the archery workshop, you can still donate, and you can do it because it's my birthday month, and because you care about things, and the world is a better place when we care about things, when we care about more things. So thank you, and here we go. to be with you again this week. It has been a very busy week, not necessarily work-related, but internally for me, it's been a very busy week. There's been a lot I've been thinking about, um, trying to navigate with my daughter going back to school. Some dreams have come true for my son, who recently put out a new song on Spotify. So if you want to look that up, Jasper Typical is on Spotify and it's a really good song and it's kind of blown up for him, which he's been working for a long time to make that happen. And 
And he's done it, obviously, with people that care about him and love him and have supported him, but he's done it without a manager, and I'm really proud of him. So there's all these things going on in, inside of me. Um, some good, some hard, some sad. It's a whole... I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. It's it's all of it. It's all churning. And at the beginning of the week, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you all about. And one of the things that just kept coming up for me was a mantra that I had made, I don't know, it's probably a couple years ago now, that goes something like, we are all dying and being reborn. And I think that's kind of how I feel this week. Um, And I'll get into that a little bit more later. But just letting that ruminate. What does that mean to you? What does it mean if I say we are all dying and being reborn? I am dying and being reborn. I think at first glance it has, death has a negative connotation because it's the end of something. And when I think about plants, plants are constantly dying and being reborn. There is um, the end of summer where you start to see the leaves change and the garden that you work so hard on is starting to kind of turn in on itself, getting ready for winter, storing up its resources. Um, and maybe I'm doing that. So that's a part of it. And then there's a second part of it where, I mean, I don't think it's negative at all. So I'll say that straight out of the gate. To me, it's very hopeful because there's the being reborn and maybe it's my love of fantasy, my love of Harry Potter, and um, the phoenix always rising from the ashes. Um, maybe I should get a phoenix tattoo. <laughs> but that is what um, the heron is. It's the Egyptian version of the phoenix, and I have the heron. But this idea that there's always little deaths inside of us, relationships change, friendships some with some people run their course and are gone. There's just ebbing and flowing death and resurrection and all this stuff. And alongside of that is this death of what we thought we would have or this death of what we thought something would be. So I'll give you an example and I'll try to make it short. I've been working for the last 12 plus years on teaching archery, getting meditative archery into more and more hands. And one of the things that happened for me, which was really good, was working alongside Airbnb with experiences because it got me in front of so many people that I would have never found and would have never found me. And it was very slow in the start And it built and it built and it built. And it kind of felt a little bit like a passive income thing, which it wasn't because I still have to show up and do the thing, which I love. But 
it was something that I didn't, you know, I just had to do my calendar and then people would fill it or not fill it. Well, at the beginning of the summer, Airbnb changed something on their website that meant that they couldn't find experiences anymore. So if you were looking, whoever you are, whatever part of the world you're in, and you got on the main page of Airbnb, you would not be able to find experiences anymore. And I've tried. Um, you have to go into Google and search, and I'm the number one experience that comes up in Portland. So that's huge. That's amazing. But it's not great if nobody can find you. So I use that illustration to say that this whole time, I've enjoyed doing Airbnb. It's had its pluses and its minuses. I'm in front of all these people that I would never see or find me. I get to meet all these people from all over the world. I have hung out with 80-year-olds and taught them archery, and I have taught a five-year-old archery, which is not my norm. And it's been incredible, and Airbnb takes 20%, and that's a lot of money. But it's, it's done what I wanted it to do. And then on the, on the side, I've had my spiritual direction practice, which goes up and down because that's constantly fluxing because humans are constantly fluxing. We're constantly dying and being reborn. Sometimes I'm more desperate for therapy. Sometimes I'm more desperate for spiritual direction. And then sometimes that wanes or I get busy and I'm doing other things and those aren't as big of a priority or I can't find the time to do them. And the entire time, my goal, my hope has been to eventually have very few things on Airbnb, you know, like maybe do five a month, not the have 20 calendar options on Airbnb, but have stuff go to my website, which has always been my plan that everything eventually would drive to my website and people could book and they've had they would have more options because I can't do my meditative archery on Airbnb which is the journaling element I can only do the mindful which I also enjoy but anyway if people went to my website they would find all these other options like shorter lessons and blah 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 so the death that I'm dealing with which I thought I dealt with <laughs> in the beginning of the pandemic when everything shut down for six months and I had no work except for some spiritual direction work and the occasional archery. But for pretty much six months, I didn't have any archery because we didn't know what COVID would do. And here I am again. I'm at this place again where something is dying, something that I've worked really hard for, that I am constantly weighing what is um, capitalistic and what is my true vocation, calling, whatever you want to call it, which I've talked about on this podcast. I am not a capitalist, but I live and breathe and work in a capitalist system that wants me to constantly be working, that wants you to be constantly working, that wants you pretty much to die for work and you will not be reborn because you'll just give your life for the man or the machine or whatever you want to call it. So I think about 
that kind of stuff all the time. And I think about who I want to be in the world of social media and how much I want to give to that beast. And here I am with the death of something that I worked really hard for and have been managing my expectations and the capitalistic system and all this stuff. And there's nothing I can do. Now, I know there's stuff that I can do, but inside of me, it's like, at this point, it feels very black and white. I can start posting all the time about all these things that I have available and you can do this and I can bombard all my social media with how you can find me and what I offer and what I do. That's not bad. But for me, it's not a place I want to go down anymore. I want to be really careful of what I give, what part of myself I give to that beast and that machine. Because it's not a machine that I want to um, support in the way I used to support it. So that's, that's a thing that's dying right now, that I didn't expect to be dying. I expected to have that thing going. And gradually, because so many people have done my experience on Airbnb, which is basically the workshop that I offer, that gradually those people come back in, into town or they tell friends and gradually all of my stuff, except for 10% maybe, is not on Airbnb anymore. It's not part of that. It doesn't need it anymore. But I'm faced with a dilemma that I wish I could tell you exists on its own and does not hit my ego. But I broke down this week and cried and raged and about it because I don't feel like I can change it without having to give that part of myself away again that I'm not willing to give. And at the same time, something is being born in me and I wish, I wish it didn't have to happen this way. So maybe for you, you're listening to what, I, what I'm saying and you can think of something in your own life. Maybe your relationship with your partner is ending and it wasn't in your plans to have it end. And it's the death of a dream. It's the death of a relationship. You can't see the future and maybe you've been in it for a while and you're starting to see the spark of something, but you can't quite grasp the spark. It's still like out of your reach or your hands go through it like a, like if there's a ray of sun into your house or a ray of dust that you can see and your hand goes through it, you can't quite grasp it. Maybe you got long COVID and your life has completely changed and it's the death of, or it feels like the death of your body and your physicality and your energy and the job that you had and the way you're able to be with your kids or be with your partner or show up in the world. And every time you've gotten hopeful that you're getting a little piece of yourself back, maybe it won't look like what it looked like and you've made whatever kind of tentative piece you can make with that. But, but the spark is coming and you're afraid of the spark because the spark brings hope and hope brings 
possible disappointment. But the spark is the reborn piece. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm at the cusp of something. And there's a part of me that's like, full disclosure, y'all, I don't want to have to work so hard. I have been working since I was nine and a half years old. The moment my sister came into the world, I started working and raising her and helping raise my brother and then berry picking and babysitting for almost every family that it was in the small town we lived in and squirreling my money away because I didn't feel like I could count on my parents, buying all my own clothes, buying, you know, my parents provided food, shelter, necessities like toothpaste, toothbrushes, uh, you know, tampons, pads, all of that. And I was buying everything else But on top of it, I wasn't convinced that they had me. And I grew up really fast. So there's a part of me that does not want to keep grinding myself against the stone of capitalism and workaholism and what it's going to take for the world to notice me or what it's going to take to make this thing that I'm trying to do viable. One way that I combat that in myself, spend a lot of time talking to my inside parts, my child self, my, you know, the part of me that grew up too fast, the part of me that is afraid to trust, the part of me that is afraid for the bottom to fall out, Keeping a very open conversation with all the parts inside of myself that I have access to at this present moment. And the other thing that I do is I combat my fear of the stagnant, of the trapped, of the um, what the world, what I think the world wants from me, what I feel like the world demands from me and what the world says success looks like, I combat that with generosity because something comes alive in me when I think about generosity. So today, when I was thinking about what I wanted to say to you, I was thinking about dying and re- being reborn and a conversation with what, that I had with my daughter about the fear of money and not having enough and reminding her that we had her and we're not going to let anything happen to her. Like we felt like when we moved out, nobody had us, my husband and I. Like once I moved out, I was on my own. My parents did not give me anything. No money, no support. That wasn't a big surprise to me. And even the ways they said they were going to support me, they never followed through with. So I couldn't depend on them. I had other people that showed up for me. So it wasn't a vacuum, but I didn't trust what was available to me all the time. And I found it very difficult to ask for help. But I, my daughter and I were talking about this and I said, we were talking, she's going back to college um, this this Saturday. And I said to her, 
you know, what happens if the whole thing gets shut down or you get sick and you have to come home or you just decide you're done with school and you want to do something else or they cut off your funding? I mean, all of those things are not in your plan and would be a death. And sometimes those things cause something else to happen. I'm not saying look on the bright side, ever. I'm never going to tell her that. I'm not going to say, you know, be optimistic. Because sometimes when you've been burned, it's very hard to be optimistic. And I think it's, it's better to be cautiously optimistic if, if you can't even be that. But sometimes deaths or reroutes or closures or shutdowns or stopping end up being better than we imagined. I'm not saying that you should be happy that you have long COVID. Fuck that. No. And I'm not saying you should look on the bright side. I'm not saying that if you lost your job, what's going to be reborn in you? I am trying to look at my own situation. And I mean, this is thousands of dollars for me that I would be making. And I'm looking at the loss and I'm saying what can be born out of the loss. Not look at the bright side of the loss look at it and be, I don't even know the right word to, to say, but it's like, you have to move through the death, you have to move through the loss to get to the spark. That doesn't mean you have to accept and go, yes, I'm glad that happened. You might end up there. I'm not glad I'm in this situation right now, even though other things are moving and I've got, some <laughs> things that I'm going, fuck this, I'm going to be generous. I'm saying that it has to be felt. So what I was able to access on Tuesday was grief and rage that it's not just happening to me. Airbnb isn't just doing this to me. They are doing it to every single person who does experiences across the world and there are many people that this is their livelihoods in cities like you know Florence or Paris huge cities that tourists flock to people are making good livings off of this that have just gone dry and I'm not I would never say to them oh look on the bright side or be optimistic I'm saying what can be born in me out of the ashes of this disappointment? What can be born in you out of the ashes of this disappointment? Be curious about what can be born in you. It may not have been in your plans. It may be a complete 360. And it may be devastating and you need to rage and you need to be angry and you need to give yourself permission to feel those feelings. I think there was a moment when I was telling Todd, my husband, how I felt, where I felt a little bit silly. 
just like for a second, I felt silly being angry. I cried all the way home from dropping my daughter off at her job because I just felt like I can't do anything to make this right that would feel good to me. And I, I do realize, a little caveat here, that that is a privileged position to have a choice to not buy into capitalism. And the truth still stands. I don't want to keep giving up pieces of myself for the apple of success that's always dangling just out of reach. So I let myself feel. I did really want to scream in the car, but I also didn't feel like that would make me feel any better. So I just let the tears flow. I talked to myself. I came home. I talked to Todd about what I was willing to do, what I, what I could do that felt good, what I was willing to do that still felt relatively good and in line with what I want to be in the world. And so there was a second of feeling embarrassed that I was crying or that I was rage-filled. And then I was like, fuck that. This is a, a death of something that I have been trying to build. I've been a part of Airbnb for seven of those 12 plus years. And it just dried up like somebody put a kink in the hose. And that deserves to be grieved. That deserves to be felt, to be expressed, to be acknowledged. So whatever it is for you, have the conversation with yourself. If you have a safe person, have a conversation with a safe person where you can say, I'm not asking for help. I'm just asking for a listening ear to just hear me express this pain, this rage, this anger I'm feeling. And I will ask for help if I need it. Because I think to get to the being reborn, it has to be felt. The death has to be felt. And then, you know, some of us have multiple things. Some of us have health issues, like I got a diagnosis this year that I'm still working through and still trying to manage that is hidden from the public that... I struggle with and that sometimes my kids look at me and think why can't you remember your phone number and I have to remind them like this is a hypothyroid thing (laughs) and I feel stupid and I don't want to feel stupid over something that I can't control but there you go so I'm not saying that you have one death you may have many deaths that you're dealing with many curves in the road that you didn't expect or full roadblocks and they deserve to be felt and they deserve to be acknowledged and expressed and given their due so that you can experience whatever energy spark from the reborning, that's not a word, rebirthing, whatever is coming because there is something coming. And I want to be a part of whatever is coming. 
Before I go, I'm going to leave you with a little mindfulness practice. Remember that um, you can do this wherever. You can lay on your bed. You can be in the bath, in the shower. You can go on a walk. But I want you to get into a place where you can be maybe uninterrupted and focus. So get comfortable, whatever that means to you. If you're able to close your eyes, then close your eyes. If obviously if you're walking, closing your eyes would not be a good a good thing, but relax as much as you can in your body wherever you're at. And I want you to take a few deep breaths. Continue to breathe in through your mouth, out through your mouth, in through your nose, out through your mouth, whatever feels good to you. And I want you to start to say these words to yourself. Everything is dying and being reborn. Everything is dying and being reborn. Everything is dying and being reborn. All of the plants are dying and being reborn. The heavens are dying and being reborn. The sea is dying and being reborn. Animals are dying and being reborn. Everything is dying and being reborn. and dying and being reborn. My dreams are dying and being reborn. My future is dying and being reborn. My past is dying and being reborn. My hope is dying and being reborn. My ideas are dying and being reborn. Creativity is dying and being reborn. I am dying and being reborn.
and dying and being reborn. I am dying and being reborn again and again and again and again and again. I am dying and being reborn. Whenever you're ready, come back to whatever you're doing. Return to the room, to the park, to the sidewalk, wherever you are. And just remember that you are an integral part of everything. And what you think and feel and experience matters. And what your neighbor thinks and feels and experiences matters. The world needs you. The world needs your dreams, your visions, your experiences, your creativity. Thank you for listening. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. Please like, share, subscribe, rate, review. Do all the things. Spread this out. I need you. And I think we need each other. Take care.